Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand upright. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from this ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, but not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame. The entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Please be seated. It is a time of national instability and political unrest within the nation. The, the leaders of the nation are, are experiencing acrimony among themselves, and for some of them it's downright hostility. For the general populace, well, distrust of those same leaders is growing and growing and growing. Meanwhile, there is decay with respect to worship decay in the piety of the people. There's decay in the very faith in God itself. It is, in other words, a time of great stress, a time of great distress, and a time to be worried about the future of the nation. This time and this place, this nation, is not 2022 and it's not the United States. The time is 626 B.C., And the place is the southern kingdom of Judah, the southern half of the empire of the Hebrews. And it is into this cauldron of of disruption and stress and distress. It is on to this stage that a new player struts, so to speak. A new player is introduced to us, Jeremiah. What we read today is what scholars call the call narrative of Jeremiah. Throughout the Old Testament, most of the prophets, beginning with Moses, are introduced by their call narrative, the story of how God calls this person to be God's prophet. And the scholars tell us that, and theologians tell us, that these call narratives are important, important for several reasons. Number one, Each call narrative tells us something about the nature of God. Secondly, the call narratives talk about the nature of God's relationship with this prophet. And finally, they tell us about, they give us a foretaste, if you will, of the career 
of this prophet. <clears throat> now, in Jeremiah's call narrative, there is, there is a very strong echo of the first call narrative, the one of Moses. You see, Moses and Jeremiah both protest. They both come up with excuses for their call of being a prophet. Moses said, look, God, I hate to speak. I, I'm not a good public speaking. Uh, I'm bad at it. I really can't do this. Jeremiah says, oh, well, wait a minute. I'm, I'm too young for this. In fact, I'm really just a boy. In both instances, God says, don't worry. I can work with that. And indeed, God did. God worked with Jeremiah for 40 years. Jeremiah had a career of 40 years. It was a time of tumult. It was a time of, of event, enormous events. And it began, as, as I said a minute ago, with a time of great stress, the nation hurtling towards disaster. And so Jeremiah was called to preach, to prophesy to the people, to repent and turn back to God before it was too late. But they didn't do it. And so disaster struck. Disaster in the form of the Babylonian uh, kingdom. At the end or near the end of Jeremiah's career, they overran Judah. They took over Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple. And then they took most of the leaders and the learned people of Judah and took them back to Babylon for the famous Babylonian exile, the darkest time in the history of the Hebrew nation. And then God, God instructed Jeremiah to begin to prophesy and preach a message of comfort and hope. And so by way of all this, Jeremiah becomes one of the giants of the, of the Old Testament, one of the greatest of the prophets of the Old Testament of the nation of Israel. And so now we know more about this setting. We know more about the background. We know more about Jeremiah. But Jeremiah lived two and a half millennia ago. So what? Well, as it turns out, this call narrative is one of the great examples of why the Old Testament is so relevant to you and me today. You see, just as in this call narrative of Jeremiah, there are echoes of Moses. Later in the New Testament, we find echoes of this call narrative. In fact, we find it when Jesus issues his own call to the disciples. We find it in Matthew. The very last words Jesus speaks in the Gospel of Matthew, the last words in the Gospel of Matthew are what have become known as the Great Commission, Jesus' final instructions to the disciples. Here's what he says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of I am with you always to the end of the age. There are at least three echoes of Jeremiah in Jesus' call to the disciples. And these disciples, by the way, as faithful Jews, would instantly recognize these, these three echoes. First, there's the echo of going out to where? To all the nations, to all the world. And to do what? 
to deliver the good news of God's love, of Christ's love to everybody. And third, the promise that God, that Jesus will always be with them. This is hard work. Hard work that was given to Jeremiah. Hard work that was given to the disciples. And yet, they went out and did it. And you and I, we are the inheritors of Jeremiah's call. We are the inheritors of the great commission to the disciples because you see, this day, you and I are also called to do that hard work. And make no mistake about it, friends, if in, if in envisioning God, in praying to God, in worshiping God, we see only God's amazing love and grace, while that is important, we are fooling ourselves. We are fooling ourselves if we don't also see God's call to each one of us to do God's hard work right here and right now. And today, not only, and by that I mean today, this moment, in this space, not only are we being called, each and every one of us in a few minutes will promise to do that hard work. You see, in a few minutes, by way of baptism, we will, uh, we will welcome Helen Vaughn Husky into the body of Christ, into the church. And as a part of that ritual, we will all make several promises. We will make promises to Helen. We will make promises to each other. We will make promises to God. Among those promises are, are the great promises of the baptismal covenant. We will promise to go out to all the nations and proclaim the good news. We promise that we will love our neighbors as ourselves. And we will promise that we will work for justice for and respect the dignity of every human being. In other words, we will promise to do the very same hard work that Jeremiah did, that the disciples did. But we will go into this world to do that hard work also with a promise to us, a promise that God, a promise that Jesus, no matter where we go, no matter what we encounter, will be beside us, will be beneath us, will be above us, will be around us, will be before us and behind us, and will always give us strength. Strength to do that hard work. Now back to our pals, Moses and Jeremiah. God says to Moses, you got to be a prophet. And Moses says, ah, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't speak well. This, I'm not suited for this. And God says, don't worry. I can work with that. God goes to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, I want you to be my prophet. And Jeremiah says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm too young for this. I don't have the experience. I'm merely a boy. And God says, don't worry. I can work with that. Now God calls you and me. And believe me, 
We can come up with excuses and, and, and protestations galore, can't we? And I know because I seem to do it on about a daily basis. And yet, today we promise to do that hard work. And so as we leave this space, we leave with a question over our head as we go out into the world presented with the opportunity to do the hard work. Will we begin to make excuses? Will we begin to protest? Or will we keep the promises that we make today? Knowing that as we do that work and keep those promises, God is by our side. Well, In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.